Our attitude toward wealth says a lot about our hearts. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Jesus had a lot to say about wealth and about our attitude toward money and the way that money and wealth and accumulation of wealth can become uh, a competing interest in our heart that eventually can drown God out altogether. Now, Jesus is not the enemy of money, and he's not saying that money is all bad. He's saying our attitude toward wealth, the way we use it, the way we value it in our lives, uh, the way we prioritize money matters a lot. Um, Jesus taught that where our treasure is there, our heart will be all also. John Piper, one of my favorite um, Christian teachers, pastors, writers, um, says that um, it's in the treasuring of Jesus above all else that we find our full satisfaction in him. Um, and I believe that's true and that God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. If money is competing uh, with our attention and our devotion, then we can't possibly be uh, most satisfied in Jesus. There will always be that tug, that pull of wealth against our hearts. And James addresses that as we move into James chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. Um, and he t- comes down pretty hard on the extreme uh, wealth and opulence of his day. And I suspect that he's writing these words in verses 1 through 6 directly addressing an issue that he was aware of. But my goodness, do they carry weight today as the income disparity in our culture continues to grow. The wealthier do seem to be getting wealthier and the poor do seem to be getting poorer. And um, there's a certain point where a person makes so much money and accumulates so much wealth that you have to wonder, how does another 10 million <laughs> affect anything? How does another 50 million affect anything? And what are you doing with the wealth that you have amassed to do good for others? Um, there are some uh, extremely wealthy people, notably wealthy people, who are investing in uh, ways of helping others. Bill Gates stands out as one who is notably, uh, through his foundation, really seeking to make a difference in the world. Um, but even then, if you look at the amount that's being given compared against the amount that they have amassed, uh, it's still a pretty small number. <laughs> but uh, it's good to see that he's doing some good, and I'm not being critical of that. Uh, just that um, extreme wealth competes with our devotion to Jesus. So before we get into James's text today, let's go to the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you. And again, once again, we come before you, Lord God, hungry to hear from your word, hungry to hear from heaven. Would you guide our time in your word today, Lord God, so that your spirit might awaken everything in us that needs to be awakened so we might receive the maximum benefit in our lives and our hearts from your word today. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, this is James 5, 1 through 6. Now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. 
Your wealth has rotted, and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who has not, who was not opposing you. It's a strong word against those who are extremely wealthy. Now, may I um, nuance this whole teaching by saying, if you are American <laughs> or you are from a Western capitalist society, in some very real ways, you are among the rich that he's talking to. Um, even the economically poorest among us are pretty well taken care of compared to uh, a huge chunk of the globe. Um, there are people in lots and lots of places today that would um, be overjoyed to discover an edible root that they could boil or cook uh, for a little nutrition. Um, there are people today across the globe who are migrating from their own countries because it's dangerous for them to be there. And it may be days or weeks before they get a good meal again, good provision, a safe place to sleep and protect and provide for their children. And so let us all come at this passage with some humility in the sense that we really are well taken care of. And uh, for the most part, we have opportunities uh, to pursue things uh, that the rest of the world does not have opportunities to pursue. Um, but as it relates to extreme wealth, I think there is a unique challenge there. We're talking about people in the hundreds and hundreds of millions and billions of dollars and the responsibility upon them uh, to do uh, good and to do right with the money that they have amassed, not just to fatten themselves, as James says, um, on their wealth and their uh, goods. Um, and so it's a strong warning. Uh, James envisions a time when uh, misery will come on them in a powerful way and they will want to weep and wail because they realize they've not done with their wealth what they could have done or should have done. Um, and he says, hey, look, your wealth, like everyone else's stuff, is going to rot one day and moths will eat up your clothing. Um, you can't take it with you. And so if you've amassed more than you could ever spend, you should map a plan for how to use that wealth to make a difference in our world among people who are really hurting and struggling. Um, your gold and silver are corroded. All that stuff that you've amassed isn't going to go with you when you depart from this life. You've hoarded wealth in the last days. And he says, uh, the fields... Uh, that you paid workers to mow will cry out against you because you've not paid those workers. The harvesters that uh, you hired to harvest in your fields but failed to pay will cry out and the Lord will hear their cry. 
Um, it's a reminder that God is the one who um, divvies out uh, the punishment or reward. And uh, for the believing person, the reward is always all, already given in the person of Jesus. There is no greater reward we can be given. And then we're promised an eternity with him in the presence of God. Uh, there is no greater reward we can be given. It's already been promised to us. And so uh, who cares about amassing worthly wealth that we can never spend? Sure, we all want to be able to take care of our families and save a little for retirement and be able to travel and do some fun things. And I don't think the Lord looks upon that negatively, but I do think he wants us to use what he's given us well. That's called stewardship. That's managing the resources God has given us well for his glory. Um, If how we spend our money from the outset is not committed to his glory, then our plan for spending our money is already wrong. (laughs) And uh, the Lord cares about that. He cares about our attitude toward money. He doesn't want us becoming fat cats uh, that uh, go around walking all over people to make a buck. Uh, He wants us to care about the world around us and the suffering of people. And if you've been blessed with great wealth, you have also been tasked with a great responsibility. And I think that is what James is trying to get at here. Um, And so these are hard words because if you've got um, a blessed life, you also are given responsibility for how you manage it. And um, as believing people, as believers in Jesus, what we do with everything we've been blessed with matters uh, a whole lot because God calls us to steward the life he's given us for his glory and to the benefit of others. All right, my friends, thanks for taking some time to listen to this teaching today. I pray that it's a blessing to you and that uh, the Lord will speak into your hearts as you continue to consider these words. God bless.